Welcome to Plant Network Podcast, where we talk to horticulturists about their gardens and their careers. Today I'm speaking with Gary Long, who is head gardener at True Within House and Gardens. Gary is also a leading light in the Cornwall Professional Gardeners Group and is most importantly of all a steadfast member of Plant Network. So thank you for joining me today Gary. No problem, thank you. So I want you to tell me a bit about your, your current role and, and working at True Within Gardens. Yeah, well it's very cliched actually but I don't ever see myself as working. It's, it's weird, my wife obviously argues with that but it's, it's literally part of my week. So um, I do a my commute to work pictures on social media every day and I live on the southwest end of the garden so I literally walk through the garden I've been here since 2002 now it was um under the previous head gardener for 18 months and then took over January 2004 as only the third ever head gardener in the head gardener's role so um in over 100 years the previous two head gardeners Mike Taylor at the IHS long service medal for 40 years and prior to him there was Jack Skilton of the RHS long service medal for 40, 50 and 60 continuous years. So they did 100 years between them. So although I've been here a while, I've still got a long way to go. So the the role sort of evolved, basically, it it changed in 2017. When the eldest son inherited the estate, he regrouped us and took away a lot of the departments and sort of moved us into one Chewiffin Gardens and Parks now. So I'm in charge of the 30-acre Woodland Garden and the 250-acre Parkland. And I've got a team of five full-time staff that we managed to try and look after that which isn't enough but never is have you, have you ever got enough staff <laughs> i have to admit i do enjoy your your daily commute to work images i think they're lovely i just saw a picture on social media of someone doing a rather drab picture of some graffiti outside of a train saying this is my commute into london i thought oh, I, can, I can beat that so uh, every day i try and get a different flower and so far in the last probably three or four years now i've got a different flower every day so it's worked so you've got a lot to live up to as well, just being the third head gardener. So I said 100 years between them. So, I mean, Jack Skilton started off as a, actual, his job title was Rook Scarer. He actually does a, actually a real life scarecrow. He went out at the age of 14 into the fields as a real life scarecrow. And then he progressed to becoming gardener and then obviously head gardener. And um, we've had a history of only having a very limited staff, actually. So during his time, there was two full-time gardeners. Just before we rebranded in 2017, we went up to three gardeners. But during this lockdown, it's the first time since the First World War that we've only had one, there's only myself working, so we only had one gardener in the whole of the garden for seven weeks. Yeah. Has it been quite lonely as well then, just just you in the garden? Would it be horrible if I said no? <laughs> no, it wouldn't. <laughs> no, it's, it um, wouldn't. No, I don't know, I'm just not necessarily that, that sociable person, so to have seven weeks on my own in the garden was quite nice, actually. And the the mindset's like you don't have to you don't have to worry about what other people are doing so from a from a managerial point of view it's easy get up in the morning do what i wanted to do and you can't do it all literally the very first day i mindset i can't do all of it it's good having them back now because now we can actually get gardening done again rather than just general basic maintenance but prior to, to 2002 can you tell us what what you did before you 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 got to true then uh school with the I didn't know what to do. We had to do a work experience fortnight and I didn't really know what to do. And at that time, mum wanted me to be a computer programmer. But as there was only Commodore 64s and ZX81s, if people remember that, back in those times, that really wasn't seen as a huge career. So I remember that my dad did a landscaping job. So I asked him and there's a chap called John Bassett Landscaping, a local landscaping firm. 
So I went there for the two weeks work experience and then went there actually for the summer holidays as well. So I did six weeks there. So and then didn't like the idea of working from a van in different gardens, but I liked the idea of gardening. And um, at that end, it was garden. I called it gardening. It wasn't until I started getting trained for its horticulture. There is, a, I think, there is a difference. And then I went to my uh, careers advisor at school. Said, "You've got a choice: go to full-time college or do a YTS scheme." It was the youth training scheme. You did a forty-hour placement, one day a week at college, twenty-seven pound fifty a week, take home and be grateful for it. And I did it at the National Trust at Trissic under the head gardener there, Barry Champion. And that literally was my sort of springboard. Went there. First week, he said, I'll, take, I'll break you in gently. We'll do one plant ident a week. First one was Ace of Palmatum, Dissectum Atropurpureum, <laughs> to break me in gently. <laughs> but, but the whole idea of that was as he explained, like he broke down the name and why it was named. And it was just literally that, that was that, that spark. So it was him and Trissic and the YTS that sort of sparked me off. I then went to two hotels in Falmouth doing hanging baskets and the RHS Britain and Bloom competitions for summer bedding. There was, um, we won Falmouth and Bloom and a couple of years I was there, which was good. Um, then I'd seen an advert for uh, a place at Tregothnan Botanical Gardens, which I grew up on the estate of Tregothnan in one of their cottages. So to work there, I thought you had to basically be born there. The, the chances of actually working there was non-existent. So I went there just to have a look around the garden, really. Got, um, got an interview actually had that, became their assistant head gardener, helped them plant their tea plantation, Britain's first ever tea plantation. So I planted that and then heard of a job coming up here, um, came here as a, purely as a gardener, that was what I thought the role was. And, and Mr. Gorsley at the time asked, would you want to be head gardener if you turned up? So I had to think about that for a couple of seconds and then became a head gardener. But during that time I trained on the job. So I, I've done up to the RHS diploma label, uh, level while actually at work. So I never did full-time college, but learned as I've gone on. I just love that you remember the first plant that you had in your ident. So, well, you've also stayed in Cornwall, haven't you? You've, you've kind of stayed true to your roots. Not that I blame um, you for not, not wanting never, to leave. It's gorgeous. I don't know if this is a sad thing or not, but I've never worked outside of the TR postcode either. So oh, it's, right. But in Cornwall, well, I mean, Triffin's part of the Great Gardens of Cornwall, and, and there's sort of seven gardens, including some of the National Trust gardens, as a sort of marketing thing. But in my, literally, within a radius of 20 miles, I've got Cahage, Tregrain, uh, Pineton Park, Treba's not too far away, Eden's not too far away. Why, why work anywhere else, really? And it is not until I actually start, again, with the plant network and actually doing different garden visits, you realise that even like rainfall, we might moan that we're wet and damp, but you go sort of the east east of england and they haven't got rain and that, that's just alien to me <laughs> to have a two days late rain is a, a definitely alien thing for us <laughs> so you you've just come through a really dry period as well so that must have been quite strange to yeah we're not used to it we're, we're literally not well, we're not even set up for it either the, the idea of host pipes and sprinklers we don't really have them so we generally in cornwall have spring most of the year we don't really have any high points of summer or any low point of winters that, that's always been gone but yeah if, if we start getting some real hot spells that's going to be worse for us than than coping with the rain we can deal with rain we just can't deal with the dry so we're gonna to have to at least think about going forward how we go how we deal with that as, as part of that i know that you you do have a very exciting well i, I would say project it's like a program of projects that you're developing in the gardens do you want to say a bit about yeah. that yeah well, that's uh, yeah with um with Sam, the, the owner, taking over in 2017, he instigated a master plan, and we've got a, 
uh, chap called Matthew Tickner that's done an overall master plan. And within that, there's various projects and et cetera that's gone on. One of them that is ongoing at the minute is the restoration of the Eagle Ponds that was set out in 1715. And being in Cornwall, they, they did it directly, which means sometime in the future you might finish it. So it never actually, although it's a restoration, it never really got finished. So it started in 1715 and, we're, and then it became a woodland uh, with beech and sycamore seedlings, sort of 150, 200 year old seedlings. Uh, and then that got an understory of laurel. So we, we paired all that back and we're now installing waterfalls, etc., to, to recreate that. That should have been open this spring, but with the winter we had, that's been delayed. So we're looking at sort of August. So it'll be ready for our garden opening next March anyway. So when we reopen on March 1st next year, we'll be ready for that. And then there's the kitchen garden restoration. There's a, a three acre kitchen garden, walled kitchen garden that's going to be fully restored alongside a working farmyard, which will be uh, like an exhibition centre and museums and heritage museum, etc. As well as the parkland, we're going to reclaim agricultural land and turn it into landscape parkland. So the park will be a 250 landscape, 250 acre landscape parkland with the house and gardens in the centre of it. That's, that's amazing, yeah. especially with, with a small team. Would, would you expand the team as a result of all these projects coming online, yeah. you know, when they're open? Yeah. Probably should be doing it in hectares, but I'd still work in acres. The the Eagle Ponds is never twenty five acres, so we can't we could, literally can't just cope with that within the the workforce we've got there. And then once you've got a working kitchen garden, anyone will know that that's labour intensive. So yeah, the team will definitely grow. And with yeah. such a big and exciting project, is is there anything else you'd like to do, kind of career wise, or is this what you've always wanted to do? Get involved in a big project. I wanted to be head gardener that that was a, a, a I, I never really thought of myself as a career I've, i'm sort of i'm going quite cornish in the fact that i'm quite relaxed and laid back i don't didn't actually plan i just wanted to be head gardener i didn't know how i was going to get there so become head gardener that was a big thing then i said when sam and kitty took over in 2017 to open up to this master plan that's just the job was already perfect now it's if there is such a thing as better than perfect so uh, it's ideal. I, I literally couldn't think of anything, any anywhere else I would want to work or want to do. It's 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 ideal. So. Well, that that is really yeah. wonderful to hear somebody yeah. find that you know this is this is what I want to do. So you yeah. are you are going to you're going to be there for the long haul. So that's going to take it yeah. whoa to what 150 years <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm push for. Yeah, so if I so if I beat the other two, <laughs> and I said during the the sort of um, lockdown the seven weeks on my own in the garden just sort of back into uh, your, your element again so an ideal it actually got me out of the office more which was good that was a good thing as well that's one one real some positives from this era um, lockdown is a i'm feel a bit fitter and healthier than i did for a while uh doing the work and b the lack of mowing has meant we've got so much more wildflowers growing around the estate that we so we're going to completely change our mowing regimes due to this and it's purely just because physically we couldn't do it and now there's we've got wildflower i wouldn't say the meadows it's very easy to say meadows we've got wildflower areas that are um wouldn't have existed if it if it wasn't for the lockdown so you've got to see a positive in it if you can so this is this is your garden it has been since 2002 yep. what is your favorite bit of it you can only pick one. Oh, it's the, the cockpit area it's the basically a fernery that we we planted some tree ferns there in 1906 i got the receipt still to it six tree ferns planted in 1906 at sixpence a trunk so then that was planted with rhododendrons and like the whole rest of the garden rhododendrons azaleas magnolias and it changed the whole sort of it made the whole area more shady because it was quite sunny originally 
since in the last probably 10 years, we've got up to 20 different species of ferns in there. And it's very prehistoric feel. I mean, tree ferns give you that effect anyway. So you go in there, it's all green, it's all lush, and it's sort of shady and damp. And it's, it's a different world. You walk, and you have to go down into the steps that lead down into the cockpit. So you're going from the sort of spring woodland garden then into this sort of prehistoric fernery, which is a, that's a brilliant area of the, of the garden. I like that bit. You've mentioned that you've worked in quite a few gardens. I just wondered whether there was any that really stood out. Trying to pick your favourite garden is close to picking your favourite child, isn't it, when you've got children? Um, Tregrain, which is just up the road from us, is the, the plants there. If you, get, if you ever get a chance to go into Tregrain and get Tom to show you around, you definitely snap his hand off and take it. it it's such an experience. He plants plants as a plantsman where they should be planted, how they should be planted, not for what looks best. So that's... that's that's a gem and it's, it's, it is open as part of the Great Gardens. To, when I first met Barry Champion at Trisic, that was an inspirational moment. I wouldn't be, literally wouldn't be here working now if it wasn't for Barry and working on the YTS. It was, you mentioned it at the start, I, I actually helped run the Cornwall Professional Gardeners Group and that started from Barry's idea with Sir Richard Kuru-Pol at Anthony, which was basically to, Head Gardeners was, was quite insular. So they had this annual Head Gardeners they started in 2003, but that was Head Gardeners only. So I, in 2003, I was assistant head gardener, so I missed that one because I wasn't invited. And then about three, four years ago, we rebranded and called it the Cornwall Professional Gardeners Group and opened up to anyone working within horticulture within Cornwall and now South Devon. And we have annual meetups for the Head Gardeners Day, workshops, um, we do demo, demonstration days, garden visits, everything. To meet up, have a pasty, which is vitally important. So you have your pasty, a cup of tea and a chat and it just breaks down boundaries a bit as well which just works and then people can swap ideas and and just meet up for a chat more than anything so that that works really well so i'm i'm really really proud of being involved in that helping to run that right you're on a desert island you can't take a pasty with you unfortunately uh, ah, i have to change my plan <laughs> <laughs> you're only allowed to take three things with you that are garden related what would you take yeah, my fir- first one will actually be uh camilla camilla sinensis the tea because how can you not have a cup of tea? So that would be perfect. Get that one planted, that one going. So then we've got your, your tea. Um, the second one, this is not necessarily a plant, but a, a bonsai, because I'm, I'm quite into doing bonsai. We start, started in the last couple of years doing some rhododendron bonsais, because the Japanese azaleas work really well as bonsais. So um, take one out, because that, then that gives you something to do as well, sort of tending to the bonsai and trimming and relaxing. So that would be something. And then... The third one is purely luxury, is a rhododendron cyanonatoli, because A, I already joked about choosing your, your favourite child, but I've got six children, so I've got to be careful I don't choose the, one of them. But um, rhododendron cyanonatoli, with, with its new lush foliage, it's got metallic purple foliage. And then when that unfurls, you have these huge sort of six to eight inch white trumpets with a yellow throat that's heavily scented. That's it's just the best plant ever. So I'll have that as well. So rhododendron cyanonatoli would be my third choice my choices would be totally frivolous yours aren't because i think tea tea is <laughs> one i completely forgot but tea yeah, is a brilliant need, plan to take you yeah, go have a cup of tea yeah yeah great great choices of, of plants yeah, for your yeah. for your deserted island i have i have one final question for you yeah. um well actually there are two there are two okay? so, yeah. yeah the first one is there anything about you that that might surprise people well there's a couple of things one is I'm a proper geek on Formula One. 
to the to the point where I the, the races are the boring bit. I actually just like all the statistics and the and the history and the uh, to the, to geek level. Was I got I'll be careful. I don't make myself as a, a proper geek. But yeah, the the actual Formula One statistics and even the lap times and all that. So so if I watch it, I watch it with the lap times coming up as well, so I can see. So <laughs> but anyway, it's, it's that does that. I won't go too deep into that. So Formula One is one, and another one is I'm actually again you go. I'm actually very much into Lego, which um, people are quite quiet about and don't like to say. It, but uh, my wife bought me the Star Wars, Star Wars, so you can't not like that, Star Wars Millennium Falcon a couple of years ago. And then it's just exploded since then. So I've gone into, I'm quite, I'm probably quite an obsessive person. So now I'm going into trying to collect all, all of the different sets of Lego that, that are, I'm into Lego Batman at the minute. So I'm trying to get all the Lego Batman sets. The children can look at it, but they can't touch. <laughs> I can't even say it's for them. Should I lie and say it's all for the children? <laughs> no, so that's, no, that's don't. A couple of things. But the children love it. They can go in there now and they can actually build from it. They know where the parts are. They can get an instruction book and go through the whole collection and, and build. So it is for the children, I think. <laughs> my, my final question was, would, would be, what would you... Adv- what advice would you have for somebody just entering a horticultural career or what advice would you have for yourself your 15 year old self just about to start that YTS scheme well the, the advice is I, I whether it's a Cornish thing or not I've never really looked forward you just concentrate on what you're doing now and and I'm just, perhaps just like old fashioned I still like books you just you need to get hold of books and, and read and just read up on it that, that's the thing you a you got to do it because you want to do it it's not necessarily a, a financial decision to become a horticulturalist that doesn't i mean there is some decent paid jobs but it's not necessarily especially at the bottom run you've got to work your way up but you've got to want to do it it's got to be a, a, a passion of yours to want to do it and people that i've had several students who come here on a, on a voluntary scheme where they want to be a garden designer in an office well that's fine if that's what you want but you also you you need to be able to just it's, you need to have a passion you need to want to do it that's the, the simple thing and I was lucky that I found that at 15, to be honest. You, you, yeah, I'd say you are. You are really lucky to have found your, your dream job yeah. and yeah. knew what you yeah. wanted to do, even though, as you said, you just take it as it comes and just yeah. see where it leads yeah. you, which is a, a nice yeah, totally. <laughs> life philosophy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been lovely talking to you, Gary, and finding a oh, bit, bit more about you and, and the gardens yeah. you work in. So thank you very much. Yeah. No problem. Thank you. Thank you for joining Plant Network Podcasts.